Hello and welcome to Game and Watch with Aaron and James, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we've been watching. I'm Aaron. And I'm James. And today we're talking about Ib, a horror game released in 2012 for Microsoft Windows. Yeah, neither one of us has played this game until now. I mean, we, we've played it now. Well, technically we played the remake, but we haven't played oh, that's the original. True. The original is different. I've looked up screenshots and some videos, and um, I think some puzzles are different from what I saw. Yeah, I looked at it briefly as well, but I, I wasn't so curious that I needed to look into it more. But yeah, this was a game that I spotted a trailer for on YouTube. Just it was a recommended video for me. And I guess they know me well because they were like, hey, this is a indie horror game that you missed that's coming to Switch. And it's $15, which I think is too much for this game. But I'm glad I bought it. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about it? I think 15 is too much. I think $9.99 would be okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to kind of publish a game on the eShop from an indie market perspective. So I don't know like what a good return would be. Yeah. But in, in terms of like how much entertainment I feel like I got out of it, I would say $10 worth. Yeah. And I'm looking out for myself too in my wallet, but like I do, I do like supporting indie game developers. Now, does that mean I'm going to go buy like a, a, hentai game that's on sale uh for two dollars <laughs> on the on the e-shop no now could you because boy are there a lot of them there are Absolutely. so many of them it's so weird looking through the e-shop um sales list oh yeah and th- people must spend so much money just getting their stuff pushed to the top of the list like there's um, you have to sift through so much stuff like so much like blatant knockoff of things there's i spotted this like blatant Star Fox. Knock first squadron yes that's it yeah. first squadron <laughs> how many times have you beaten first squadron um you know i was reading uh, something about first squadron and i think it's supposed to be kind of good okay well i actually think we should play a at one of those rip-off games I star agree. fox likes one of those shameless rip-offs i think if it was done i think the idea is that it's lo- done in like a loving homage way not like a rip-off way Oh, see, I kind of want just straight trash ripoff, but that's a discussion for another day. It is. It is. Let's talk about Ib. Ib. Yeah. Uh, so you saw this commercial. I did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Then we, and then I said, how about Ib? And I'm like, this sounds like something that we would both enjoy. And uh, I did enjoy it. But yeah. um, I have some complaints about it that. We, we kind of previewed our thoughts. I mean, we said like a one sentence text exchange. This happens often with us. We we send one message back and forth and we're like, shoot, we can't talk about this now. We need to wait and keep it fresh when we record. But it's enough of a teaser so that the other kind of gets a flavor of uh, what the other is talking about. Yeah, I feel like if you don't already know that I love a game going in, that my reaction is usually just I like it, but I don't love it. I feel predictable, but maybe I, I'm not. And what am I unpredictable? You are unpredictable. I to suppose me. I am a bit. You are. You 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 do you do uh you throw me off a little bit. But I, I got the feeling after I finished it that you would probably feel the same way as I did. Yeah, I think so. I think our thoughts will probably align, but yeah. the way you sold it to me had me hooked right away because I believe you use the words 
creepy paintings Lovecraftian. And <laughs> I don't even remember the rest of the sentence. Those words kind of leapt out at me. And I was like, yes, I'm in. I think I said I'm, Eldritch Horror Art Museum. Oh, uh, yes. I know, right? That. Put Give that me. in my veins. Yes. <laughs> yes. And while I think that those, that's that like descriptor sets expectations too high if one is a fan of Eldritch Horror like we are. This did not meet those expectations, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I liked what I was given. Yes, I did as well. And we'll 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 dig in. So let's talk about the development really quick. This will be quick. But this was published and developed by Cory. Uh, this is their debut game. I do not know uh, what else they've done since, but it was developed using RPG Maker 2000. Have you ever used RPG Maker? I actually have. I um, have as well. I had RPG Maker. I don't know what number it was, but it was on the original PlayStation. Mm. And um, I did make some very rudimentary, uh, like tiny, tiny RPGs with like one town, one dungeon, like same one thing like that. Oh, you made it for the night. I never made a dungeon. I made it to the town and I made some townspeople and they had dialogue and there were yeah. like treasure chests and buildings. I just wanted to fight, but I also enjoyed making insane overpowered characters and blasting, <laughs> like, you know, these monsters. Yeah that it would create but that gets kind of old pretty fast because when you're like nine you don't want to create a balanced game that's true and when i was older i think i engaged with it in high school maybe when if for pc and my brother dave who composed the music uh the opening theme for this podcast he was just announced he's an outstanding composer and he even at a young age and i really was like i would love to make a game where he makes the music but i think he was also making a game and it was like eh okay maybe i shouldn't then Plus, you know, uh, I was committed, but not so committed. <laughs> I, I I did give up on it. I mean, um, why make when you can play? Right, exactly. Um, and then a remake of this game, which is what we played. And again, we both played this game on Nintendo Switch. Uh, remake was developed using RPG Maker MV, I think it's called, with updated graphics and was released for Steam in 2022 and released on Switch in 2023. It was basically came out like a week or less before we did it, I think. Yeah. Um, I think RPG Maker MV stands for like Mark V. I think it's RPG Maker 5. And I only know that because around when it was coming out for PS4, I kind of seriously looked into getting it and getting mm. um, like a keyboard to put in the USB to like actually write and do stuff on it. Oh, and then it became one of those ideas that became much too daunting and went in the mm. back burner. But mm. um, I had brief ambitions. Yeah. Well, yeah. congratulations for your brief ambitions. I <laughs> Neither you. one of us became RPG developers. Unfortunately. Neither of us became gaming our tours. Yeah. What a tragedy. Not yet, I guess. I guess. Yeah. So this game was pretty well received. It was praised for, I think, a lot of the things that we're going to echo. Atmosphere, music, and design. More the first two of those things than the the last. Um, I I don't mind playing a game that is like, you know, cheaply made. I hate that. That that makes that sounds more negative than I intended. But, you know, made for a budget or made by a small amount of people or one person. But um the, i don't know there there's a little bit to this and, and maybe it's just i think i might have envisioned a different form for this kind of thing it, it does i think I, might, I did set my expectations high i'd like to think that i'm not really going to hold that against it too much but i think that there were I, I i feel like there's a better version of this and i don't quite know what it looks like i think it would incorporate the artwork more 
Um, but or let you see a little more of the artwork. Yeah, exactly. That's jumping a little bit ahead on my thoughts, but <clears throat> yeah, that's definitely something easy. I think that they could do. Well, this is a massive cut, cut following, cult following, uh, as evidenced by the wealth of fan fiction. Yeah, like holy cow. Um, the other thing too is that um, this game I think doesn't have, but would be greatly improved by cults, wouldn't you say? There's no cult. Oh, um, an like eldritch a, horror game. I yeah, yes and no. I, Why I don't want there are no cults of the painting. I don't want to say what what I would have against that. Um, yet I I want to I'll, I'll kind of say I think I'm going to try to save my main thought for like the moment where I have that where that gripe starts. I guess. Fair enough. Leave you in suspense. All right. So here is the plot overview. You play as Ib, a girl who is at a museum exhibit with her parents to see the works of the very famous and very fictitious artist Gortena Weiss. And also the year is like 6,000 something. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. Very odd. Didn't I was like, I thought that was a typo or I thought I, I thought I misread it. But there, later you find a book that explains when certain paintings were painted and they were like the year 6,300 or something. But everything looks very normal. This looks like our world, our modern world now. It's good to know that we boomerang back into a world that's basically like this one in the year 6,000. Yeah, maybe we just start over. We Maybe we get Noah's art. Yeah, maybe it's great. Yeah. Don't <laughs> we don't know. Well, if we survive. Yeah. Um. So... Ib wanders off on her own. And you know, Ib is like not just she's a very little girl, I think. I think she's supposed to be under 10 years old or maybe around. I think 10 they years old. say at some point that she's nine. Okay, yeah. I think you're right. Uh she wanders off on her own to see some of the exhibit, and we'll talk a little bit more about how this first like sort of tutorial kind of level plays out. She s- discovers by some event that she is suddenly alone and is now trapped inside the museum, which reveals itself to be very full of eldritch horror and she needs to find a way to escape uh where she escapes from we will mention in a second so i'm into that right if i am here in that i hadn't played the game before i'm I'm very into it as as we both were uh, when i pitched it to you and when i saw what this was and yeah so we mentioned we mentioned the design this is a 2d game it's kind of like a top-down perspective sort of yeah it's um yeah is top down sort of um it's like slant perspective like 2d slant perspective yeah i guess we should say like top down games are not they're not literally just looking at the top of a person's head yeah i suppose so wait what a terrible game that would be yeah but some are yeah that's true terrible or dungeon oh no you're not just no no, i didn't say i don't mean terrible i just mean a game oh well, that's a game, but that's you don't see no, you don't game with the head the, down. You don't see this thick, thick head down in Gungeon. No, you can like see you. There's, there's some perspective. I'm talking about like where you can literally never see the character's face. Oh, I. See. If you just see the top of their head <laughs> the whole see. time, how boring would that be? That would be incredibly boring, unless they had a really fun haircut. <laughs> no, <laughs> because <laughs> even from the top, you can't you can't really see what the haircut is cool. Like I don't know. Yeah, I suppose. Um. So the, the game is very simple. Like there, there is health um, that is shown by rose petals in the top left corner of your screen. And in order to regain health, you place your rose in a vase, which kind of appear every once in a while. And that will replenish your health. To we max. should 
we should note that um, these things aren't tutorialized. There Correct. really aren't tutorials um, except what they give you in the gameplay. Um, yeah. Sometimes in clever ways, sometimes not. You are supposed to interact with everything you find to discover all these things. It's not like Dark Souls, like let's hide this like insanely complicated thing um, or let's just hide <laughs> everything. Um, it's pretty simple. We realize that there's really not much to do in this game, but walk around, interact with items and or paintings and whatnot and th and that's it and you kind of solve puzzles that way um one thing that's very interesting is anytime you read something or see the name of a painting etc any words that ib doesn't know because she's a child are replaced with three question marks in the text i thought that was very charming especially one time where it's used to comedic effect i thought it was very strange the words that she did and didn't know <laughs> yeah um, and so that led me to believe that there was a whole like hidden word mechanic that was going to be in the game mm. um and that we would somehow learn the names of all these paintings their correct names and that never actually materialized yeah well um, uh you can in certain circumstances uh learn the full names of the paintings okay. depends on who's who's with you when you're reading oh it. yes you're yeah. you're right um yeah. yeah so you have an inventory system as well which is kind of useless like that you you start with like a handkerchief and i think you can get a couple other items in the game and you have to drop some items to pick out others but there's really not a whole lot of use for it it's just a place to hold like puzzle yeah. elements essentially like one piece of a puzzle that you have to bring to someone else right exactly um, I mentioned the vase for saving with Rose. Uh, there are also these like, I think they're books that are just on these pedestals throughout the uh, museum that you can um, interact with to say um, to save. And yeah, uh, there, okay. So there is something that is like, I, I think I likened it to Final Fantasy VII's dating game. You did, yes. And, and, the dating and, game with Aerith. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't understand what that is, and I don't even, this is probably called something. I don't exactly know what that is, um, this kind of system. But like, throughout, it's a game where you interact with people and there's certain dialogue choices that may not, the game does not tell you that those dialogue choices actually affect what happens. And this game is very much that. Um, it, for, is the, the simplest example, if you respond to someone in a way that makes it sound like you're their friend, you're, you will boost your relationship with them. Uh, if you kind of respond negatively or just kind of you know, in a mean way and, uh, you know, you'll lose points. And they I think like this is unofficially called like the bond system, and the doom system. There are characters. Spoiler alert. There are multiple characters um, that you can grow close with as Ib. And there are other characters that based on how Ib interacts with them, that actually might spell that character's doom. I'm very interested to see how you interacted with the game and how what ending you got and what choices you made, because I definitely did not get an ending I was satisfied with. And that's what one of the couple of reasons that prompted me to replay it. So I did. I, I, I didn't say this up front. I, I played this game like two and a half times. A lot of it was to see more content, um, including like actual areas you could not go to until a second playthrough. But it was partially also because I really wanted to see other endings i'm curious now what ending you got because while mine wasn't amazingly satisfying it was at least creepy and for ib i think it worked but there are seven mm -hmm. so i don't know which one you got um i don't remember exactly what it's called but i'll i'll 
talk about when I get to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's 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 get into to how this kind of game plays out. So I mentioned that when you you arrive to this art exhibit, the uh, Gortana ex- ex- exhibition with your parents and you can at this point, you can kind of wander off and there's a lot of paintings around and there are people and you can talk to them. And you can, you know, look at the paintings. You might not know all the words um, of those paintings and nothing really seems off, really. Um, notably, there is a man with a ragged coat and uh, a in, like a slightly different looking hairstyle looking at a painting that will not talk to you. Um, I, I bet in a top down perspective, that hairstyle would look pretty cool. <laughs> it, it looks just fine as it is. Um, you make your way to the top floor of the museum and you interact with a painting that is just it's called like question mark, question mark, question mark world. It is later revealed that that is called the fabricated world painting. Um, interacting with that causes the lights to flicker. And when you leave the room, everyone is gone in the museum. And you go up downstairs, you check, you are locked in. And the music goes out. There are no, There's no music, but you do hear footsteps. The sound design in this game is obviously like budget sound design, but I found the sound design to be pretty effective. As did I. I was playing this game a lot handheld with my headphones in and it nice. creeps me out. That's great. Like, And, and I, I did play the game a second time like that. I played the first time I played it mostly on my TV, actually, which was, I mean, graphics wise, kind of like don't need to play this game on your TV. But sound, you know, I had the sound boom, booming, which was nice. Um some interesting things that you need to make your way back up to the painting. The game doesn't really tell you to do that, but you just start interacting with other things and you'll kind of get that. Um, you'll realize you kind of need to do that. Um, but there are some interactions that you can have. And, and we should kind of say maybe right now is the time to say that this game is primarily a puzzle solve solving game. There are a lot of instances in this game where you can interact with items multiple times at different times and might get different results. Environments can change slightly um, and and interacting with your environment might cause certain things to happen in certain moments and other times not. And a lot of that is for horror effect. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. we'll get to it later, but when we talk about summations, um, but it's, a puzzle game in that you're you're quote unquote solving puzzles but when you were saying interaction james you're right it's basically did you interact with everything yet in this area because once you do like the solution will become presented yes um that's kind of how like you can't really ever become lost in this game yeah good and for bad effect and it's not even just interaction sometimes your environment will just change and the game will do things to spook you as you you know you might walk down one hallway one time and nothing will happen and then you do it again after interacting with some random object and then something will come alive and do nothing or reveal itself to be a threat yeah um, and an example of this is a painting that you walked by earlier. If you walk past it again, um, it's like a fruit painting of fruit and the fruit will fall off the painting and land on the ground. There's a painting called the coughing man that will cough as you walk by it. Also, um, if you interact with the second floor window, there will be a shadow of a man outside and will knock on the window. Um, and then there's another window that if you I think it's on the first floor, if you interact with it, it'll say like it's pitch black outside, but then red will drip down. Um should also say right now that there's a lot of red dripping and splatter in this game. I I don't I thought it was blood, but I you have reason to believe later that it is just red paint. I yeah, I kind of always assumed it was paint because of the 
paint gallery but well i'm stupid then (laughs) um yeah actually for a game like this there's really no gore is there no and i think that 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 works for it um i agree i'm I'm happy about it it's Uh, actually sorry now that i'm thinking about it i think this would be a good um like beginner horror and or puzzle game for like younger gamers yeah because again it has that inability to kind of get lost as long as you keep interacting it's not actually that that scary or gory yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to recommend it to my nephew. I'm going to recommend it to a four-year-old. Do it. Okay. <laughs> um, so you make your way to, back to the top floor, and the paint, the fabricated world painting is leaking blue. If you interact with that, the words come ib appear in red on the ground, and as well as a message that appears and says, I'll show you a secret spot. We should also mention that Various times, sometimes it's just when you walk past a certain wall. Um, other times it's when you interact with certain things. Wall uh, Messages will appear on the walls in this game um, and give you usually hints. Or, or we'll vague, cryptic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so you leave that room and you follow their, these blue footsteps that appear and they lead to this like anglerfish painting that is on the ground on the on the first floor. And you are basically there's nowhere else to go. So you jump in. And you are now somewhere else. <laughs> um, the basically kind of the rest of the game is mostly kind of color coded. Like the areas just kind of have like there are different parts of this like haunted gallery that you're in that you've just entered that have different color themes. That's the color theme isn't relevant to like the puzzles that just, you know, in our outline, they're called like blue area, green area. I mean, that's just kind of how the game separates itself. Um, so you find yourself in this blue hallway and you find a red rose on the ground. You pick it up. And you push the stool blocking the entrance to this other room and you grab this blue key in that room. You re-enter the hallway and and the words thief in red appear everywhere. Um, also should mention and then all these areas. I mean, this is a this is a kind of like a haunted art gallery. There are paintings everywhere and all the puzzles in this game are very um uh, I guess also sculptures, paintings and sculptures, and all of them relate to interacting with paintings and sculptures. And that in general, I should say right now, like at this point in the game, it's very early. This was hundred percent working for me. I was, I was really into this. Were you all you were as well? Yeah, I was definitely into it. I was digging the mood. Um, I even really liked the simplicity of the graphics and the entire presentation. Same. Um, so you exit this area and you now you're in this kind of like green themed area and there's this new gallery and there's this pit that you cannot cross. Um, there are these bug related paintings everywhere and there's an ant on the ground that you can talk to and they say they want to see their painting. And so, yeah, you, yeah. I, well, those things like this started happening and it's already extremely surreal. Um, and would you say this is the most surreal thing that happens? The aunt speaking to her and asking about the painting. Yes. And I think it happens too soon and maybe shouldn't happen at all. It's a little silly. It's very silly. It, it, it kind of it. Like I was really digging it and I still was. I think I was over the, 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 the positive vibes were like pretty overwhelming. And so I was not as sour on this in the moment that I, as I am now. Um, but yeah, it's a little silly. Um, so you go up this hallway and there's a sign that tells you to stay away from the walls. And if you go on the walls, um, if you basically don't walk down the center of the hallway, these arms will reach out and grab you and do damage to you. 
Um, so you go up the hallway, you get the ant painting, bring it back to the ant to show it to them. And then you can then use that painting to cross this gap in the floor um, that you need to get across. And as you walk past, you, you step on the ant on the painting um, as if it's alive almost. And you just squished it. Um, you end up in this room with a green key and this headless mannequin. And once you grab the key, the mannequin uh, chases you. Um, this will happen often. Enemies will come alive and chase you or paintings will come alive and chase you um, by enemies. I mean, like sculptures and you run away and you unlock uh, the door with the green key. We should clarify that each colored area has a key. So not only are they separated by color, but they're all separated by mm -hmm. locks. So they're essentially these little puzzle rooms. Yeah. And, um, and some are larger and smaller than others. And we're not going to go into all the puzzles because I think that that could... It, it, it was we were in in the interest of full disclosure we were both very unsure of the best way to go about this game because we don't want to just do a, like 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 a reading a walkthrough like on game faqs or something like that like that's not it, it's this game is a lot of about vibes i guess um but it's also puzzle and we want to we want to be able to represent fairly the kind of puzzles that are in this game because i think some of them are pretty interesting but we don't want to necessarily talk about everyone in detail yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll we'll try and find a balance with that. Um, yeah, because I definitely want to talk about this game because it's it's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, the the next room you enter is this yellow room that's shaped like a cat, and they, there are these cat eyes mount, mounted on the wall, and there's this like fish shape indent indentation, which kind of screams like, "Okay, I need to fit something in here." If you played video games before, you know you got to fit things in other things. Um, if in the room to your left, there are a bunch of like paintings hanging on the wall and you kind of interact with the stick figure uh, painting and he will say that he wants to play hide and seek. And then you need to look for him behind different curtains. Some of these, you know, when you, you just got to find him, but some of these paintings will have weird effects. Um, there's one that's like a moon. It makes it dark in the room. There is another one with like a music note with an X through it or like over it. And that makes the music cut out. Um, others look evil. Um, there's this like mouth that will like bite you. Um, and I think there's a one of a naked person that will also cause damage to you. There is. Yeah, I found that one today. Um, although in both playthroughs, the painting you want to find is in the same spot. I don't know if it's always in the same. It spot wasn't or... when I did it. I okay. yeah, I know I was I was interested to see if it would be and it was not. Um and so when you find the guy, you get the uh this like fish head piece and um you can bring it and that's kind of your first part. Um, and then the room, the opposite room, there's like a storage room. Um, and this is, again, the game is, does creepier things. I think later um, it's, it's pretty silly to start. And maybe, maybe that was intentional. Maybe that was to kind of lull you into a sense of false security while also knowing that you're in a haunted gallery. I don't know. What do you think about that? I think it's the kind of thing that sounds creepy, maybe on paper, or if you had the right concept art for it would be creepy, mm -hmm. um, like a table with, you know, a woman's leg wearing uh, a high heel shoe on it like that, yeah. that could be terrifying. But in this art style, it just doesn't quite work. Yeah, it just it comes off as a little silly. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, speaking of silly, uh, you, you kind of noticed that. The other piece that you need is on the top of this bookcase. And so you start pushing the stool to get it to get on top of the bookcase. Because, again, if you play video games, you know, you can push things, you know, or you know you how to do it. had to get something off a high shelf once. Right. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever tried to get some cookies off, off the refrigerator? Yeah. Um, so the stool will come alive 
and will kind of run around and you can notice it's wearing heels. And so once you notice this, and this is another thing, like if you interact with like certain things, you won't be, they won't do anything, but you, then when you get certain dialogue from other, if you talk to certain characters, if you talk, if you interact with other parts of your environment, then you can revisit other things and then there will be something available. It's almost like something acts as a trigger. And yeah. once that you've switched that trigger, then the item will respond differently. I get that it's about kind of gating progress. Because sometimes when you're exploring everything, you might interact with, you might have someone just like hitting A next to every single thing in a room. And you might find something before the game developer wants you to. So I get why they do things like that. But I am generally not a fan of gaining progress using dialogue or other triggers that aren't like abundantly clear now this is i'm not totally complaining about this because this is a single room there are a finite there's very finite places to go and the game is like just started so you know the solutions in your room you in this room you, you need to get this stool to do something and so you you know you go through the room again and you interact with a box that if you interact with the first time you get nothing but if you interact with the box again you'll find another uh, a heel to give to this tool to give it two heels and then you can, it will follow you around and you can get it to kind of stop where you need it to in front of the um, shelf and climb up there and get the other piece. Then you put the two complete with, with its pieces, you get the completed key and you can unlock the door in the cat room. Yes. That's the first half of this yellow area. The second area, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail about there's generally this, like there's this plant that it's called like a clockwork plant or something. And you need to find these little sprouts throughout the rest of the area that you can use to, to turn them, which will raise the plant up and give you this fruit that grows on it that you can then trade, I believe. Or you could f- you feed it to this like mouth in the wall <laughs> to make the mouth open up. And that leads to the next area. Is there any, actually there was, there was one thing that I really, I did want to mention though. Um, I guess just general vibes. And maybe I will just talk about kind of everything is like there's a there's a portrait that spits at you as you walk past. And if you step in it, it get damage. Yeah, really? that definitely got me. And I was really confused because yeah. it seems to be spit, but maybe not. Yeah. Um. At the north part of the room, there's these dolls hanging from the ceiling, like literally like hanging like nooses. Um. Dolls appear frequently in this. Lore wise, I have some thoughts on that Um. that are probably pretty clear. It's not like I'm breaking ground with this. Um, I, this game, this area has a logic puzzle. It's one of those classic, like liar and truth teller puzzles, um, where there's all these, these portraits of women will kind of tell you who's lying and who's telling the truth. And you have to, you know, deduce who's telling you the correct coordinates to find one of these sprouts. That's not the interesting part. The interesting part is when you find it and then you go back into the room, the one that told you the truth is all like the painting is ripped up with red all over. And then all the other paintings have red on them too. And it's like, they all ganged up and murdered the one that told you where to go. Yeah, it was great. Um, That was awesome. This and the hanging dolls. I was playing that part on the TV and Edgar happened to be sitting next to me and he saw the, the doll drop uh, from the noose. And then he saw that part with the paintings and he's like, this game's actually kind of scary. Yeah, uh, I've I really that really worked for me. Um, but yeah, tell us about the next areas. So yeah, we enter the red area. Um, you start by examining the painting "Lady in Red," which is of a lady in red. 
Um, we're going to see a lot more Lady in Red paintings in Ib, but I think this might be the first one you run across. And Lady in Blue, and I think Lady right. in Yellow. Lady Yellow, a bunch of them. Colors. Yeah. So she begins to crawl out of the painting. We've seen that before. Um, but where she drops is the red key. And so you get it to open the red door. So next you enter this tiny library and you read all the books until you find the coloring book. Um, so there's a story that appears in crayon. And do you remember the exact um, uh, plot line of the story? Because today when I went to uh, do it, my friend Jody watched it. And by the time I went to grab the switch, it was gone. I don't remember it. It's something uh, about cookies and like a girl brings cookies to her friends and then like murders them or something. That sounds about right. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with the overall plot. It doesn't like relate to Ib or people we meet later. Yeah. Um, but speaking of people we meet later, uh, we find a collapsed man to the next hallway to the right. You take a key out of his hand. You can do other things. You can observe him. You can do nothing. But really, the only thing you can do of consequence is take the key. So you go back to the room on the far left and unlock the door. Um, there's a lady in blue painting. Um, she, again, is crawling around. Uh, and there's a blue rose the petals on the rose are all torn off, which will become significant uh, later plot wise. But we know that rose petals um, are our health for Ib. Yeah. So we put the rose in the vase to bring it to life. And then we return it to the collapsed man in the hallway and give it to him. And who are who is this person? Who is it? This name? I love this name. Gary from Pokemon. Gary Oak. It's not though, because <laughs> Gary not. Oak is Gary with how That's many true. R's? It's, yeah, well, Gary from Pokemon is Gary with one R. This is Gary with two R's. Gary with two R's. Have you ever heard or seen a Gary with two R's? Uh, I think Gary Shandling is Gary with two R's. Famed well, comedian and uh, former, you know, deceased comedian. That's clearly who this character is probably based on. I, would <laughs> I think it's probably more common than you think. <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway gary with two r's is stuck in the i call it the shadow gallery this haunted gallery mm -hmm. and um they both figure out that their roses are what's keeping them alive so plot wise they've they've found this information gary joins up with you and you can um mechanics wise you can talk with gary by hitting x if you ever have a companion you can hit x and kind of check in with them um, there's a headless statue and Gary is able to move those because he is uh, older than Ib. He is bigger. Um, Ib can't move heavy things. For so we enter the gray area. Um, I love the way you enter this. Um, so you go into a gray room where there are hands sticking out of either side of the floor. Yes. Um, and there's a painting of a bride and a groom hanging on the wall, um, one behind each hand. I love it. Uh, it's really creepy. The lighting is good. Which is weird to say about a game this simplistic, but the lighting is actually very good mm -hmm. um, and it sets the mood. So then um, we kind of enter this larger space with sub rooms. So you can kind of go into different rooms and uh, go do things to get different puzzle elements and then come back and kind of get things going. Um, there's a lot of these, but I'll kind of run through them. So there's a room with chairs and posters. So there's a puzzle where you have to slide the stools around until you can get to the back of the room where you get the eye drops. You take the eye drops to a hallway full of blinking eyes. What did you think of the blinking eye hallway? Um, I, that it was almost on the, the side of like too silly for me. I agree. It was a little too much because then I'm like, I was afraid to go down there because I thought that they would hurt me. Yeah. And then they that don't. If I stepped on an eye. Yeah. And they don't. 
Um, but there is one eye that is red. You give that the eye drops. Um, and he will look to the right, telling you about a secret passage. You get the red glass ball from the passage, which you insert into the snake painting, which causes another painting, um, which has a message on the back to go to the skeleton's left hand. You then go to the skeleton sculpture, get the ring and return to the first area, put the ring on the bride's finger and get the bouquet from the bride. Huh. Was that all? Did did you get all that? That that's it. I I didn't even try putting the ring on a different finger just for the hell of it. Um, I assume it will do something to do damage to you or something like that. Yeah, who knows? I only put it on the correct finger. Yeah. Um, but so as the game goes on, the puzzles get kind of more and more complicated and elaborated. And as you just saw from my kind of string of things there, that's kind of how they become. Get this to get that to get that to trade with this person to trade with that to get this. Yeah. Um, as we go. But there's a painting in the corner of this area that killed me the first time because I was being experimental. Um, But it says that it loves to eat flowers. Um, (laughs) And it's a blue painting with a big jagged face on it. And I willingly gave it my flower and it killed me. Um, (laughs) And I didn't realize that you needed to give it the bouquet. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how you get through. Um, did yeah. that kill you or no you no but like anytime th- what, what this this comes up all other times in this game sort of like anytime someone asks you for your flower don't don't do it yeah don't do it <laughs> it might Hold not kill you flower. in every circumstance uh but it usually will yeah um so the next room uh again it's a large area with kind of some sub rooms but there is a combination lock on the floor in the middle yeah. So the idea is to find the lock. It is a whole gallery. There are yellow ladies and blue ladies and red ladies. And a painting that stands out is um, the hanged man, which hangs upside down. Yep. Uh, the hanged man is wearing a number on him. So if you flip it upside down, it turns into the combination for the lock. Um, I definitely wrote down the number the wrong way um, <laughs> and was really confused why the combination didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so in there, uh, a painting tells you to go to the yellow lady to get a piece of a fish puzzle, or I'm sorry, you get a piece of a fish puzzle and you are told that the other will be by the yellow lady. You then trade the lamp you get for a statue of an elephant. You trade the elephant for a golden bird. You put the bird in the birdcage by one of the doors. Um, you go in and get get the key and look at the painting of Ib's parent. So this, what you were just describing is kind of where I was like, okay, are we going to be doing this the entire game? Yeah. It it was like, I felt like it was, I knew this was a short game. I didn't know exactly how short, but this was where I was like, am I going to be doing a lot of these trade this for that and this for that? And like, I just wanted some variation and I guess they do kind of give it to you mostly in terms of environments and characters. Um, and certain events that happen. But I do think a weakness of the game is just that it, I don't want to say lack of imagination with puzzles. It's just like, you kind of have, you can't have like a, like an extremely short game. You have to have these puzzles. There's only so much you can do in an environment like this. And I'm also going to say right now that I meant to say it earlier and I kind of got caught up in just like what is being described, but I was a very mixed opinion about getting Gary. I was kind of hoping that it would just be Ib like by herself the entire time, because that kind of isolation 
was really doing it for me. I suppose so, but I was immediately suspicious of Gary when we found him, Mm -hmm. um, as I was very suspicious of another character we'll meet. Very. And I assumed that paintings were coming to life or there was some bad stuff going on. Yeah. And that perhaps Gary was part of that. So I didn't necessarily mind Mm -hmm. him interrupting the isolation um, because I figured he was probably a threat. That's a good point. And I guess I was suspicious of him, too, but he really had had has had had me convinced that he did he have you at hello he did um yeah. not in a romantic way because you're playing as a nine-year-old and he's a he's either a man or he's like a late teen or like maybe a young adult no he's like 15 i don't think he has a driver's license no you think gary's out there cruising the roads i, I mean so. i i thought he was more like 18 to 20 so not that much older than you're saying why is that so he can be legal for your gary fan fiction god no (laughs) no 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 anyhow yeah moving on um so you go into the room after you um do all this nonsense um a lady in blue breaks through the wall and you go through the hole um, so the previous room that you were in, the combination locked room, is now filled with mannequin heads. Um, there are kind of mannequin heads that pop in throughout the game, um, and there's a lot of them here. So you take the long way around while avoiding statues to get to the locked door and opening it using that key you got. You can do something where you pay um, a clock, one like rose petal of your life, for it to stop time for you when you're like trying to clear this puzzle. Yeah. Did you do that? Uh No. Oh really? I did. Just oh, I'm sorry. Play. I did my. I did the second time. Yeah, I I did both times just to get myself some safety. Yeah. Um, but once in safety, it passes out. Um, she has a nightmare where she wakes up in a room full of numbers, paintings, and mannequins. Where you kind of move up, you don't know what's going on at first. You pass your rows and you pass a save point, but you can't interact with them. Yeah. On your way back, the rose is all like smashed, and so is the save point. Um, she wakes up from this nightmare in the library with who else but Gary. Gary. Um, and she wakes up with a piece of candy in her pocket. Yep. Um, tell us about the mirror room. So this is a room where Ib and Gary can just kind of look at their reflection. And as they do that, this little like mannequin head appears behind Gary. And when you exit that kind of view, every once in a while when you interact with something, it like the game will cut to showing it. It won't just like... Usually it's you just don't get in a zoomed up view. Um, yeah. So there are like some, you know, some cool looking character models that you get to see, especially like in this mirror part. Um, the mannequin head looks a little silly. Um, it didn't really like surprise me. This isn't kind of another goofy looking thing, but there is something that happens to the mannequin head later that did scare me. Um, and yeah, I mean, so at this point. Um, it's blocking your exit and Gary kind of gets angry and he wants to kick it and it kind of throws it off to you to decide what he should do. And this is when I should have. I just didn't think I should have realized the game was doing one of those point system things. And I let him kick it. Cause I think that might've been the first option. Um, I shouldn't have. Um, so I'll say now uh, I got a bad ending. For <laughs> uh, kicking the mannequin head. Yeah. Um, it's funny. You say that because you texted me and told me to be nice to Gary and have Gary be nice. And oh, so you I let him had- do what he wanted to do. 
No, I had literally just kicked the mannequin head. Oh, I, I was worried about when I was going to be texting, like when I texted you that. Um, but it, so was, I, it didn't. I, it wasn't ruin it for you. You can still get the good ending. I got a weird ending. But okay, I don't think it was this. Probably, I don't know. Um, yeah, and so there are a couple things like that. Um, base. I'll, I'll explain a little bit more about it. Kind of later when we get to it. Um, and then you kind of end up in a, a safe room. I mean, this is when um, wait, did we talk about this already. Talk about which part? The safe room. No, not yet. That's where we are now. Oh, right. Because um, this is when it, it, it gets revived, right? Isn't this where she wakes yeah. up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From her nightmare. Yep. Right, right, right. Oh, so, so she, this is another certain certain thing that you can do to kind of boost like your bond and stuff. If you talk to Gary seven or more times while oh in the safe God. room, it boosts your bond with him. And also giving him his coat because he gives it to you, uh, I think, to, to, as like a blanket. I gave him his coat, but I did not talk to him seven plus times. I did the second time just to guarantee I got uh, a better ending. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we get to the violet area next. Again, it's kind of a bigger area with some sub rooms to solve puzzles in. Um, there's a puzzle that's uh, visually kind of cool. Um, it's a maze of these metal sculptures. And there are these buttons of different shapes that correspond to these giant inflating balloons of the same shape. So a giant pyramid balloon and pyramid button, giant ball and a sphere, things like that. So by pressing the buttons, you inflate or deflate these shapes and using different combinations, you get through the maze. It was small, but I thought that was kind of creative. Yeah. Um, Then there's the room with the separation painting. Um, you go and look at the painting and, um, Gary talks about having a lighter. Is this when Gary talks about having a lighter? Yeah. And, um, the lights go out when it turns on, there are black X's everywhere and interacting with the painting says stop. And there's, um, like on the floor, the policy about the, the fire code, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, responding to Gary when he asked if you're still there, when the lights go out, boost your bond with him, which I definitely did. Is the, is the fire code where it's like, oh yeah, the the rules are like no leaving this place. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, and there's a blood trail that wait, that is waiting for Ib and Gary when you leave the room. Yeah. Um, we meet our next character. We meet a girl named Mary. Um, Mary tells Gary and Ib that she is in the same boat that they are, that she is also stuck in the gallery. Um, so Gary suggests that she come with them. Mary tells the others that she has a yellow rose like their blue and red roses. So each one of them has a rose, presumably that marks their health. So now we have Mary on the team. Yeah. Um, we have the red eyes room. So this is a room full of cute pink stuffy bun- stuffed bunnies. And there's a painting of one on the far wall. And we have these cute bunnies on the sides. For some reason, Gary's really hung up on this room and finds it unsettling, especially the painting in the back. Um, but Mary and um, Ib don't really seem to understand Unless you as Ib can say that you like like it, you think it's cute, or that you like, not that you agree with Gary, but that you don't agree with Mary. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's another one of those things of like increasing your bond with Mary or Gary. Yes. Yeah. One of the bunnies falls and breaks, which has the violet key. So um, what happens after the key uh, is gotten is a thorn starts growing out of a painting in the hallway. Um, which separates uh, Gary from Mary and Ib. Yeah. Um, Mary and Ib go through a door, but a statue <clears throat> traps them. So they figure they have to kind of go around. Um, there are just some messages on the wall read, um, come to a fun world without any grown-ups, Ib. <laughs> I want you to have fun, Ib. 
we'll be together. You and me, our friends. Um, I kind of, my first playthrough was wondering like, who's writing these messages on the walls for her. Um, <laughs> and based on some things that happen in the plot, I think I kind of clearly understand who it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's Mary. Gosh, James, they don't know that yet. Yeah, <sighs> they will. I mean, this is a, you're, you're meant to be super suspicious of both of them. And, but Mary from the get go is like insanely sus <laughs> well because like ib as the main character looks super creepy i like ib's design mm, yeah. um mary looks like she's supposed to be a like super cutesy sweet little girl yeah um, which in this environment just makes her seem really sus yeah exactly so ib and mary get separated from gary um and once you you are separated mary asks if you think you'll be okay with her and not gary if you say you'd rather not be split up, it helps your bond with Gary and hurts your bond with Mary. This is the first of multiple times where she's just kind of like, hey, um, like if Gary were to like not be around anymore, would, would <laughs> like, that be OK feel about that? Yeah. And I'm and I'm like, I don't I don't like this at all. I don't I mean, I, yeah. I mean, not like I dislike the game. It's just more like. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, look, um, she she does this. You're later. coming off a little strong, bud. Yeah, she does this later. And I'm like, why do you keep bringing up Gary? Like, <laughs> I'm so sick of Gary. Yeah, yeah. Get over it. Yeah. Um. So now we get uh, this kind of chunk of the game where Ib and Mary are separated from Gary. And basically what happens is they kind of perform puzzles in each of their respective areas that somehow interact with those areas. So like Gary throws a switch in his area that affects something that happens in Mary and Ibs area. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yep. So um, Gary returns to the cute bunny room, which is instead filled with scary trolls. So presumably Gary was always seeing it this way. This um, is awesome. This sequence and the fact that you walk back in and see something different is so cool. Yeah, not for you. It was kind of for me. I I loved this. I mean, I I like the design of the monster. I think the monster is cool. I mean the the music combined with like I mean I I like immediately I was like okay, Ib is this child, and so she's being shown one thing, and he and like now oh now his reaction makes more sense. It's like she can't see the evil certain evils because of how innocent she is. Well, I also think if we're talking about the meta plot, I think it has to do with like what's going on with Mary. Mm. I think if Mary's trying to sort of seduce Ib into being her friend or going with her mm -hmm. and Mary has some power over the paintings, Mary would want her to see kind of the the like chipper bright things. Yeah. Um, but that's I, I don't know. That's in my own head. I, I don't know this. Yeah. Sorry. Fin finish what happens because that what, what, what does happen in this sequence is just like creeped me out. I loved it. Yeah. So um, basically you're switching characters. As I said, there are these rose petal plates on the floor. Um, so you pull a switch to drop a bridge for Ib. You push a glass moon to give to Gary. Um, there's a cool little sequence where um, these disturbing dolls, these little trolls, there's one waiting for Gary at the end of the hallway with a message by it. And it says something like, oh, take me with you. And you can't. It just says disturbing doll. You walk down the hallway until it's out of view and another disturbing doll is there with another message saying like, why did you leave me? What's going on? Take me. <laughs> and it kind of goes on and on throughout this hallway. And that I found creepy and affecting. How did you yeah. feel about that? I Less so than you, but I, yeah. 
the um just the the creature just like crawling out of the painting was yeah that was probably the climax for so me. what what happened to Horror you lives. what happened to you when you did that did you find the key um yes i did sorry sorry you did find the key okay i did not and you get less time to do it if you have like a bad if you're doing bad things with gary or you, i just maybe i got really unlucky because i did not get it um i the and i did notice like when the second playthrough i was trying to do everything right and you, I noticed I had more, like it took longer to crawl out of the painting and get to me. And whether you find the key is one of the first, like really big differences in what happens um, based on what happens to Gary specifically. It's basically like, does Gary get got by this painting or not? Or wait, maybe it got me the first time, but it definitely did not get me the second. When time. when you got back to Gary, was he kind of like seeing things or was he just like in a daze? Gary kind of lost his shit my first playthrough. Yeah, then you then you must have gotten caught the first playthrough. Yeah. As did I. And that has a ripple effect that I'll explain later. Um, Sorry to so interrupt I, you. No, you're fine. So that's one of the rooms. Um, but as you're trading these things back and forth, um, there's a room that's in black and white that has a sketchbook on it. And you need to find, um, overall in this area, you need to find these globs of paint, um, so that you can move this paint canvas and access these stairs. Um, but we'll get back to the sketch pad, uh, later. Yeah. So one of the rooms has a guardian on it and it quizzes you on paintings you've seen before. Um, I thought this was randomized, but I looked it up and it's only certain paintings that can be randomized. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the juggler who was painted in the year 6,000, um, <laughs> 6,223. Um, you get that information from a book you read as Ib and Mary, um, and you give that information to Gary, or you have that information as Gary. Yeah. Um, you take the odd painting that you find as Mary and Ib and you replace the belly of the three paneled snake painting that makes the heart come out on Gary's side. Um, you give the heart to the painting of the outstretched hands, which gives you access to the library. So the library has books. We should mention in this game, you can read books various times and most of the time they don't matter. One of them in this area gives you a paint glob, but most of the time they're just for like creepy flavor text. Yeah. Um, because this game, it, you have to interact with everything. I wound up reading all the books, but even the creepy flavor text, like nothing really leapt out at me. There's mm-hmm. nothing I really remember. No, uh, how about same. You? No, same. This this section was kind of like I was with the exception of like the the creepy moment with Gary. I was kind of like, eh, like until a moment happens with Mary, um, the back and forth puzzle solving was starting to kind of wear on me. Yeah, do we want to go through all the rest of these? No, it's, it's just paint it, painting. It's just giving items back and forth essentially until you have all the paint globs and you're able to move um, and access the stairs. Yeah, I would say the, the the thing that we should probably mention is what Mary does when she wanders away. Please do tell. So at a certain point, I think it's once you've solved a certain amount of puzzles, or maybe it's after you've lowered the thorns that separate everybody. Um, Mary will. This is, is about when she's looking at a painting or is it she she kind of runs off first and she runs off to this hallway that you were in before and the, she is stabbing a mannequin head with a knife like yes. over and over and over again. 
the knife that she got previously um to cut the thorns but is like oh like we couldn't cut the thorns with it but i'll hold on to it yeah as soon as she said that i was like and like red paint or blood i guess yeah um kind of cool that that's like an unknown i guess but um very very creepy and you kind of like snap her out of it is this when she says like hey uh if you could only take me or gary who would you take um that happens before this oh i'm sorry yeah you mentioned that um she she does it a couple times i thought but maybe she does it but she does it like right before this yeah yeah so yeah that was uh that was creepy um, so, yeah, so um, finally, with all the pink globs, um, the black and white room is now in color and the rainbow bridge is there. Uh, we get the key. And then um, tell us about the sketchbook, James. OK, so this is when you reunite with. Right. Yeah, this is when you were you, yes. you've reunited with Gary at this point. Right. Um, and again, yeah. certain things can play out differently at, at this point. Um, and I'll explain that when, we, when I go into a little bit more about the endings. But this is this is when the game kind of got me back in um you walk down the staircase and suddenly the stairs just kind of turn into basically the entire environment turns into this like crayon like drawing that you're this walking, is definitely you're walking what on. got me back in when i saw this i was like oh yes this is what i signed up for very very cool it came at the right time because i was really starting to kind of it was kind of getting old at this yeah. point um, there's like these, you know, diverting paths. You can choose which one you want to take. And then you ultimately end up in like, I guess what the, what the game area is called, it calls the, the true like sketchbook. It's this kind of like, um, three by three area. And each kind of area has like a little, like something unique to it. Um, there are like, I mean, again, this entire area, including the ground, and it, everything is drawn as if it was like crudely drawn by a child with crayons. It's amazing. Yeah. There's like flowers, mushrooms, like um, specifically tulips, I think, like horses, a sun, um, a couple houses. Um, yeah, yeah, all very, a lake with some fish in it. It's like all very, very crudely drawn. And your ultimate goal is there's this building in the center because it's a video game center thing. Center area is important. You're trying to get into um, and so you can like read the map to expe- inspect these areas and I'll kind of kind of go through what you need to do in each one of these areas. So generally there's a house that you can go into. You want to go into it um, and you get this bucket. It does not look like a bucket uh, because it's all looks, you know, like crayon drawing. Um, but this triggers a scene where Mary comes in like looking for you, which was kind of creepy. Um, you go to the lake and fill that bucket with water and you can use the the water um to make to, to make one of the tulips blossom and that gives you this little mirror you can take you can, them oh sorry you can also waste the water so several yes. other spots which i absolutely did and you can also like interact with the lake in a way that gets you damage i don't exactly know what gives you damage about it but i don't remember but yeah um you go to um this other door there is this eye uh, uh on the door uh, and there's this sunlight that's beaming down and you have, you can stand in the sunlight in the sunbeam and use the mirror to reflect the sun at the eye to, to make the door open. Um, and inside there's this gal, uh, this like little gallery that where you solve this puzzle, which it's basically like, do you remember what's unique about each one of these like nine areas or like yes. some of these nine areas? Uh, it's just a little memory puzzle, I guess, basically. Um, 
Then you get this pink crayon and you can use the pink crayon to enter another house, which is it's funny because like, it's like, oh, we can't walk on black crayon. And so you get the pink crayon and you use it to bridge the gap, this black crayon gap um, to allow you to get into the house. Uh, you look inside the I guess it's called it's called a toy box um, and you're kind of looking for the, the, the key to get in that center area. And suddenly Mary appears behind you and pushes you and Gary down into the toy box. And in doing so, you lose your rose. This is where your bond with Gary first starts to really matter. So quickly, I'll describe what's it like. What, how, how would you describe the, like the bottom of the toy box? There's just like a shitload of drawings of various things that you've encountered. Paintings, sculptures, um, puzzle it's very, solutions. Um, it's very surreal. Very surreal. Um, and it's kind of so you have to like walk around as Ib and find um, well, depending on what you've done so far, you may or may not be able to find certain things. So um, if your bond with Gary is good at that point, you can find your rose, you can find the gold key to get out of the sketchbook area and you can you know, you find Gary. If your bond with Gary is not good um, or if you've done enough things that kind of I guess, well, I'll just spoil it right now, kind of doom Gary or if your bond with Mary is very high. You will only be able to find the gold key. You will not find your rose. That is what happened to me. That's what happened to me. Yeah. So I'll talk about that very quick. Um, when you do that, you find Mary and she's like, look, I found my rose or your uh, like a red rose. And Gary will then offer his rose in exchange for yours. After which... You kind of get out of the room and and either depend no matter what you do, the kind of like the lights go out or something and they come back and the entire ground is just like red. Um, like like someone just scratched out all of her drawings with red crayon. Yeah. Um, and then everything in the room starts attacking you, all the like the the little troll dolls and the headless mannequins and stuff. You run upstairs. So if uh, Mary has Gary's rose at this point. She can that's just saying, like, he loves me, he loves me not, and is pulling petals off of it. And Gary is unable to make it through the subsequent hallway because he is weak. Uh, and eventually Gary will fall down and slump down against the wall and presumably die. Which yes, yeah, that happened to I, me. <laughs> I I had a different ending for Gary that might be um one of the real endings, but we'll see. Okay. Like um, I had a different ending in my head, I should say. And so and if you, you know, if you have your rose and all that, then you, you'll have Gary with you this entire time. And he won't die in this hallway, but either way you can get his lighter. Um, or you, if, if, if you're with him, then you can use his lighter. Um, if not, if he's dying, you can take his lighter. You have to exchange um, something in your inventory for it. I think you exchange the candy he gave, he gives you. Um, you get to the next area and there's these kind of like crayon thorns, like blocking this area. And, Regardless of whether you're with Gary or not, you can, but if you have the if it's lighter, you can burn those and get to the upstairs of this house. It, so I'm just going to talk about it as if you're with Gary. Um, if you're with Gary, you will get upstairs and he'll look ahead and he'll say, I know. I recognize that painting. I saw it in a book earlier. And you don't you don't see it right away. Mary appears behind you and she's got her knife drawn. And this is a chance. Basically, if you don't run up immediately towards the painting to the top of the room, Mary will stab you and kill you and you'll die and the game will end. Um, get to the top of the painting and it's a painting. It's the painting of Mary. Um, you know, at this point we know that Mary is 
one of uh Guantana's Guertana's Guertana's uh paintings that has come alive. Um, and at this point, you are given the option to burn the painting. There's another option too. It was like take it down or rip it or something. I didn't do any of that. I burned it. Instead of that's very dramatic. Just gently take it down. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what happens if you do that. Um, but if you burn it, Mary will kind of disintegrate and she's gone. Um, and again, this can happen regardless of whether you're with Gary. Um, so just know going forward that, you know, you may or may not have Gary with you at this point. Uh, and that will affect your ending. Um, and I also went back and I redid it so I would have Gary with me. Um, so you then use the gold key to exit the sketchbook. Uh, and then you end up in this kind of like alternative, like dark version of the exhibit that you started the game in. Um, the exhibit like is kind of like a, it's like a gray, very like modern looking like color scheme. And now you're kind of in this very like dark alternate world version of it. It's like um, the um, uh, the alternate version of the Cemetery of Ash. Yeah, exactly. Um, so at this point, you if you're, this is the first time you're playing the game, you can only go one place, and it is to the fabricated world painting at the top, at which point a bunch of different things can happen that I'll elaborate in later when I talk about some of the endings. Um, but ultimately, in any of these, you are given an option to essentially jump into the painting you may be with certain people when you do that. You might not be, depending on the ending. And which will make you end up, if you choose to do so, you will end up in, back in the real world. And with no memory of what happened in the fabricated world, which is weird that your character has no memory because it's like you have memory as you're the player. So that kind of has less effect for me. Yeah. Um, but if you try to go back up to the top <clears throat> floor after you've exited that room, the fabricated world painting is gone. So all that's left to do is you go downstairs and depending on which ending you got, different things will happen. Um, and you will essentially like leave the gallery with your parents. Um, and sometimes you will leave with other people yes. or sometimes you will, you may or may not run into Gary because um, Gary might've died. Now beating the game unlocks another area called the dungeon. I think this is, that's what the wiki called it. Um, where the dungeon appears is when you end up in that alternate dark version of the exhibit, you are get, there is another hallway that opens up. that leads further down and there's a whole nother area that you can explore before exiting the fabricated world. The main goal of this area is to collect different pieces of a picture. Like, I guess like a, a portrait of, it's not a portrait of him. It's the Gortana painting. It's like a picture of like him drawing or something like that. Um, and so you have to solve various puzzles to get the different pieces of the painting. There will be other types of paintings. There's one painting called Mistake. It's like this man with like whose like head is like scratched out as if like the artist was like unhappy with it. Or and, maybe that's what his head looked like. Or maybe that's what his head looked like. Yeah. Um, and that will come alive. I thought that was kind of neat. And then eventually when you kind of exit this area, you reach this final Gortena, uh, Gortena sculpture called Final Stage. If you are with Gary at this point, he will, you will, you realize you can, you will get like a, a prompt. Do you want to sleep on it or not? It looks like a bed and he'll tell you not to. If you don't have Gary in it, you will, you can sleep and you can actually dream. You will dream about getting a handkerchief from your mom and a stuffed rabbit from your father at which point the game will give you a couple different prompts to wake up 
If you choose to stay asleep, you might get another prompt to wake up later. But if you continue to choose to stay asleep, you will essentially just like never wake up and the game will end. <laughs> um, that's how the, I want to go in so a haunted that, art gallery. So that's interesting. Forever. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go through some of these endings and I would, I want to know what, which one that you got. I'm not going to go through them in the order that I have them in the, in the outline though. First I'll talk about the one that I got. So this is one of the endings where Gary dies. Um, so I'm not with Gary by the point I, I enter or I, I go back to the real world and no one else is with me in the room before I go back to the real world. And, you know, there's a painting of Gary in the real gallery of him sleeping, which replaces the hanged man painting that was there before at the beginning of the game. Hmm. Um, that is. I think that's in addition to so so. My bond with Mary, I think, was really good because so that's one ending that's called the forgotten por- forgotten portrait ending. The other ending that I did get is on top of this is called Together Forever. You will find Mary talking to your parents as if she is in your family. And on your way out, she'll make a, a she'll, they'll get like a little voiceover, not like actual voice of her just dialogue boxes of her commenting on the lighter in your pocket and saying like that's dangerous, which is funny because that's the only thing that can kill her in the game. And she essentially is like, promise us, promise me you'll, we'll be together forever. And this final image is of her like excitedly holding your hand as you smile as well. Really cool detail. Your shadow looks normal. Her shadow looks like black crayon scribble. Love that. Well, guess what, pal? We got the exact same ending. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. I did not notice the detail of the black crayon though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this together forever ending is what I got. Um, And then I was like, what the hell? Like, I mean, it's satisf- It's like satisfying in like a scary movie ending kind of way. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like it has logic to it. I don't love it. I don't but... say what the hell like that's bad. I was just kind of yeah. like, I can't believe and that because that, I, I didn't look anything up. And I was just like, oh, my God, there's like so many endings. <laughs> I got to go back and do some of these endings. And I had some older save points. So I got like one of the others. And then there was an, like ultimately. um, There's another bad ending called Ib All Alone. There's a lot of different ways to get it. Um, and it's really interesting. So you could be by yourself and it's essentially you don't, you choose not to go into the fabricated world painting again to end up back in the real world. Now you can, if you're with Gary, real Gary, (laughs) he'll jump in and he'll tell you to come with him and you can choose not to, and then you'll get the bad ending. Um, if you're with, there will also be an ending where your, your mom will show up and try to get you to stay. Your, which is clearly not your real mom. If you choose to stay with her, you'll get the bad ending. Hmm. Um, and then another one where a fake Gary will beckon you to stay. Hmm. And you you don't want to do that either. And I think there's another way to get this ending. If you, if when you sleep and you never wake up, I think you get this ending as well. So, yeah. So tell us about some of the other, other endings. Yeah. 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 So really like the two, like good endings. I think really the only two good endings. Um, this is where, I mean, you, if you are with Gary at the end and you take his hand and you leave with him. Um, and this is also if you have given Gary your handkerchief, because what, ha- what happens is he'll cut his hand. I think when you burn Mary's picture and you have the option to give him your handkerchief or not. If you do give it to him, when you go downstairs back in the real world, you'll find him looking at a rose sculpture and he's no memory of who you are. He'll start to leave, but then he'll notice the handkerchief 
and it's it's implied that maybe he might remember something because of that. And then your mom will come and get you and you'll leave. Yeah. Um, If you didn't give Gary your handkerchief, you can leave with him um, and then you'll the same thing will happen, but he won't have the handkerchief with him and he won't have that kind of possible memory jog. Now, these are some the others who are some weird endings. I I did not get these. I just kind of read about them just so I hope I don't butcher these the butcher this. But if Gary does not find the key in that doll room where he kind of loses his mind and the creature comes out and does whatever it does to him. And you have a good, if that happens and you have a good bond with Mary, Gary will like start to like freak out and hallucinate. And if you have, it wants to kind of stay with him and you can tell Mary to go on without you. If your bond is good with Mary, she will come back. And then she will like host a party in the doll room with like a crazy Gary and you. <laughs> and she's like, we're all here. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you're here, you're family. This was one of the most interesting ones, though. If you have a bad relationship with Mary and you tell her you stay with Gary and you tell her to leave, you will then control Mary. Huh. You will eventually come across the fabricated world painting and you can use it presumably to go back to the real world. But you end up in the gallery alone and the lights start getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and paint starts to leak from that like angler fish of this painting on the floor. Red paint will appear on the windows um, and eventually things will get so dark and she will cry for help and then will exclaim father huh yeah okay that's really i like that that's i like i like that too that's very neat um so yeah uh regardless of what you do beating the game unlocks this thing called the true gortana exhibit it is this like bonus room where you can kind of go and see all the paintings and sculptures you've examined in the game this game does have like a counter is like how many paintings did you get you know it's it's like it's the, the completionist in me was not interested in doing that no um and we'll get into that when we get to what doesn't work um but yeah what does work yeah the the music uh and the general like idea for this game worked pretty well for me um i i just i thought some of the puzzles were effective in like and when they weren't being too silly i enjoyed i i enjoyed my experience with the game um a couple of the sequences especially the one where the creature, the terrifying looking like red eyed creature, like comes out of the painting slowly. Um, I thought that, that that was really aided by the art style and the music. Um, and I, we, we didn't mention this, but the music has is very creepy at times. But other times it's like very hauntingly beautiful. Like when in the, the, the song that appears in the first when you are in the art gallery, it's like this almost like operatic music. It's very good. It's a great mood setter. And so I think they, yeah. they did a really, really, really good job with tone in this game for the most part. Silliness stuff aside. How about you? And um, I mean, the music is like MIDI tunes, but like you said, very good. And works very, very, very well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to echo pretty much everything you said um, in terms of what works. Um, I definitely uh, think the minimalist art style works to the game strength. We've talked about this before about games excelling because of their limitations, things like Final Fantasy VII. Um, but uh, are we ready to talk about what doesn't work? Because I do have a couple things for that. Yeah, please go ahead. 
So going along with the minimalism, I think where it doesn't work is uh, the fact that this is a game about art and artwork. And I think the low resolution kind of hampers that. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't let that idea kind of shine the way that I had hoped a game about a haunted Eldridge art gallery would. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What else to you doesn't work? So I think that the the notion of a haunted art gallery gives you so many possibilities, right? You can do so much with that. And yet I still feel, and, and I think that I, that's also a burden because there are just some puzzles and some moments where you're just, they kind of feel like they were half-assed. Like, I, I don't know, like, t- and maybe, maybe I'm being harsh, but some of like the puzzle solving and some of it like of like the, I like a little bit of the stuff that has to do with like doing things in one gallery where you're just Gary will affect, you know, what's going on with Mary and Ib. But there are other things like, the whole like finding the pieces to the cat puzzle and, and using that to, to continue on. I'm like, eh, it just, it just feels like afterthought sounds too mean. It's just, it doesn't feel some of these, some of these, some of the rooms and some of the puzzles and some of the moments feel so full of like creativity. Like it's almost like that they had this vision for the game before they started making it. And then they realized that all the amazing parts that they had thought of, they needed to connect and have things to do in between. And we're just kind of filling those in. Yeah. I like that. It almost feels to me like, um, like a proof of concept for a different kind of game Mm -hmm. or for a game that would use this as like a jumping off point. Yeah. And Um, at the same time, the game is kind of the right length too. Like it it would have been too short if it was shorter. when I replayed it, it took me about an, a little over an hour to beat again. Yeah, I think you could take out like one room's worth of puzzles, like one area's worth of puzzles across the whole thing and be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think especially as you get near the middle, they start to drag. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess I generally thought that the inclusion of not one, but two characters, grand one of them is like Gary ends up being a good guy. I think um, there is a fake version of Gary, which implies that the other version of Gary's good. Um but I just, it just kind of, I was really digging the isolation just from the moments you walk away from your parents and then you end up alone in the museum. Like this is really working for me. And then when you find Gary, I I, I must admit, like, regardless of whether you were suspicious of him or not, just the idea of another person to talk to in the game, lower, like it kind of deflated everything for me. It made the tension kind of go away. Now they bring it back a little bit with, that sequence with Gary and the thing coming out of the painting that I described, like there are ways that the game kind of brings it back. And I like the idea that Gary can die and that Mary wants to kill Gary and wants like Ib all to herself. But overall, I think that that wasn't very helpful for the horror, but I get that. Like, I don't know what I would have done otherwise. Like, you have to vary it up a little bit. Would it have been a really boring game with just Ib the whole time? Yeah, you know, I see your point. Uh, I think it's just it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely see your point. I just don't, I mean, don't be a Grinch about it. That's yeah, all. well, I'll try not to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should we get into um, the, the segments? Yeah, would you want to live in this world? Absolutely not. I would. No, this <laughs> is one of those times where I just don't get it. What would explain this to me? Um, because if we live in a world where like paintings can come to life and shit and eldritch beings can communicate through like mad painters, sign me up. (laughs) 
guess as long as you don't do you want to go to an elder like a like an art gallery from some kook yes i listen i was in milwaukee today and i was at a very 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 large antique store that was like the size of a warehouse uh-huh. um and one of the books that i found was just called kooks the updated <laughs> the updated <laughs> edition and it was just a book full of historical kooks <laughs> so all right i mean you can live in this this world if you want but i i will not be joining you um, um yeah i so i have failed in my duties i did look up fan fiction on the drive um but i did not settle on one. Did oh, that's fine on I, one? I can talk about a couple but first we have to talk about the how this would work as a movie oh my god of course yeah um this screams Coraline animation yes this agreed. needs to be done in the Coraline style of animation um i regret that, that i don't remember the name of the director of that movie um, um henry Selick. yeah is that right yeah it, it, he did do Coraline, right he did yes. yeah yeah okay yeah henry Selick. and i for so for ib i have Elle fanning she's done some voice at okay. work before I mean, she's uh she's actually the little the fanning sisters are in the uh english dub of um totoro oh yes they are she's got some experience doing that so gary i needed someone that's like I don't know someone who like isn't too like he can't be gruff right he's like a he's still kind of a kid so I picked Elijah Wood um Elijah Wood is like 40 44 yeah but you know what I mean he can do he's, he sounds like a child okay fair enough yeah um I would go Tom Holland but I like your fanning, fanning I feel casting. like you you always find a way to incorporate Tom Holland you know, I was watching a video of him um, the other day on YouTube as Spider-Man visiting kids at like a children's hospital. And he's just such an amazing human. That's true. I want That's everything true. for him. Um, so for Mary, I have Mikey Madison. She is uh, one of the killers in Scream 5. And she plays one of the, uh, the crazy Manson family members in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, I like that. Um, I don't have anyone good for Mary, but I think a crazed Mansonite is probably the best pick you could get. My backup for Mary or Ib is Tara, Tara Strong, who voices like Beast Boy. Everything. Yeah, and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so fan fiction, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, there is a ton of it. Like a ton. Um, and I think that that and I'll spoil it, like I, I do think this is a world that warrants fan fiction. Like the, again, the notion of an Eldritch Arch gallery, art gallery gives you so much room just to do stuff with that concept. Grind think, it up and put it in my veins. Yeah, and people clearly j- took that and ran with it. Now, did I read a ton? No. Did I read anything good? No. Do I bet that there are good things out there? Yes. I bet there are, because there's a ton yeah. of it. There's a ton of fan fiction. Um, and some of it is like continuing the story um, there's one that like is set three years after like the good ending, uh, the best ending of the game. And like, so even Gary will burn Mary's portrait and all that. And now he somehow unleashes monsters upon the world. Oh, well, why yeah, not? Right. Um, there's one where Ib or Gary actually left. It is one of the endings where like where Ib just chose to stay and Gary feels really guilty about it. So he goes back years later to go get Ib and kind of has like his own like adventure there. Um, Again, like there's a lot of fan fiction where it's just like, so-and-so's caught in the gallery. This new person's caught in the gallery. And there's a lot of, again, there's a lot of freedom to be creative with that. Uh, Crossovers. Yes. (laughs) Here's two. 
Shadow the Hedgehog. Yes. Um, did not read it. I must admit, I found that one like right before we started recording, so I did not read it. When I did skim, um, because it was a little long, is is a One Piece one. Apparently, there were a couple of one shots that were done, and this was the third of them. And I don't know what the other ones were, but this one is just Sanji is just caught in the in the gallery. I think he like falls asleep and ends up in the gallery, and then comes back, and he's just like, guys this crazy thing happened. They're like, just cook for us, man. <laughs> Sounds like it, a one piece. It was, it was almost kind of like replacing Gary with Sanji. I mean, they have vaguely similar design elements. I guess so. Yeah. 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 Um, My fan fiction. I think this is not, this is a little broad, but I guess it's more specific than any of the other things I found is like, I want to do another, like do another story like this set in another exhibition that's going across the world. Sometimes exhibitions appear multiple times at different places in the world. Again, give me some like little French boy who's like at the Louvre, like Gortana, Gortana exhibit. And he just jerking it to art. No, what? no, no. But just just give me like another just do more with this. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind I would play a sequel to this game. Um I, I think you can, I think the sequel works. I don't think it's overkill. Um, um or I would do or I would do fan fiction of just Ib by herself, but I would also hate to read fan that's more of like a another game rather than like I wouldn't want to read Ib narrating her childlike reaction to everything all the horrors around her. No. Um, I think if I wrote fan fiction, my idea was to do um, Gertana's diary. No, that'd be like, interesting. Wh- yeah, like as he falls into madness and maybe yeah. writes about his paintings and who knows. Yeah, that yeah. would work. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you been up to? Well, should we say that has been Ib? That's been Ib. Yeah, that was we, it. We dibbed it. No, that wasn't. No, I should end the episode right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what have I been up to? Uh, I've been busy. I've been really busy. Um, I got dinner with a very good friend of mine uh, on Friday night. Um, she's in town. She lives in Alaska now. So it was good to see her while she was here. Wow. And then Edgar and I went to Milwaukee this weekend with our friend Jody. Um, and we spent the night last night in a little cabin on a lake. Um, so we just got back in to town and I'm recording this wonderful episode, but in terms of what I've been playing, uh, I picked up final fantasy theater rhythm, uh, like what final the fuck bar is line. That? I saw that you were playing that earlier and I was like, what on earth is this? Where did I, where did I miss? It is a rhythm game comprised of final fantasy music. Um, and it fucking owns. I was going to say, that sounds like catnip for you. It is real catnip, um, and I'm loving it, and it's making me very horny for the Final Fantasy uh, <laughs> Pixel Remaster. I thought it was like gonna ma- making you like horny for going back and playing the Kingdom Hearts rhythm game. Uh, yes, actually, also that. Uh, I have, <laughs> yeah, I do want to go back and do that, but um, it's making me very excited about the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters, and surprisingly enough, uh, it's making me excited for Final Fantasy 16, so I think I want a PlayStation 5 finally. Nice. And Wonder of Wonders, it's making me excited for Final Fantasy 15 again, which I think I may replay over spring break because I never finished it. Ah, I don't plan yeah. to play 16 or 15, and I might play 16. I don't know. I if I if Final Fantasy is like a series that I'm like content with, like my experience with it. If anything, I want to go back and play four and five, not. 
Uh, and 13, actually. I do want to play 13. I am waiting for a 13 Switch release because 13 has a terrible reputation, and I don't think it's that bad. I, I just hear it's too linear, which might be a good thing. Final Fantasy X is equally as linear, and no one freaks out about it. Final Fantasy X is extremely linear. I don't know. It is extremely linear. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, Um, how about you? So I I binged and beat Kirby's Dream Land 2 once it got released on Game Boy um, Virtual Console, because that game's awesome. It's one of the first Game Boy games I ever played, and it still rules. I am probably halfway or, or more than halfway through Metroid Fusion. That's been fun. Uh, I've been playing a little wor- Worms uh, WMD. Uh, I got a group of friends playing Worms. Is that good? Because my I brothers it. and I, my brothers and I, were obsessed with Worms when we were kids. Oh, yeah. Worms Armageddon, if, amazing, yes. amazing. So if, game. You're, if you're playing Worms, I am down to play Worms. Get it? Um, I should have warned you. I'm sorry. It was uh, it was on sale for like five bucks in like for like a week at like right before March. Oh, that's um, fine. I'm still down. Um, but yeah, uh, pick it up. Uh, it's it's a blast. Um, it's it does. I don't like its art style as much as other Worms games, but it made me kind of like miss like Armageddon and stuff. Um, and it's the only one on Switch. If like Armageddon was on Switch, I would probably just be playing that instead. Just go back to simpler times. There are yeah. some things in Worms WMD that I don't like engaging with. Um, and when we were playing, we were just turning off like crafting. There's a crafting thing. You oh, pick no. up like materials and craft um, items. No, no. Uh, I don't like that. There's vehicles that like just destroy things and like mounted guns and stuff. Not into that either. No. Um, just give me little worms. Give them little guns. That's all. Did you ever play Worms 3D for GameCube or PlayStation no, or didn't. Xbox? It's actually no. really fun. It's it's glitchy and the transition to 3D was a little rough, but man, I played the shit out of that game um, on GameCube. Anyway, uh, I'm playing a little Mario Golf. As you know, we played together with Edgar. I uh, oh, yeah. played Mario and Kart. Who won that round? Uh, he, who just out of, did. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, last video game wise, I started Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. Oh. Uh, it is part of a uh, so uh, me and like three other friends have we each gave each other a game to play that we had played that no one else had played. Um. And some people like kind of split it up. They're like, I want you to play this. I want you to play this. I want you to play this. I picked Hollow Knight for everybody because <laughs> none okay, of them played of it. Of course you did. Two of them already played it and beat it and were like, this game rules. Um, I'm just getting started. So I have to play Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. I was hoping I was going to have to play this. So he was going to make me play. Um, or there's Joey who was on our uh, our Friday the 13th episode. He gave me Fire Emblem nice. Path of Radiance. I wanted him to give me Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, but I'll just play that on my own. Um, so he, I got Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. I've got Infamous, which I started a while, like like a decade ago and haven't come back to. And then I got, it's called like Dongaropa. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Have you heard of that? Um, it sounds vaguely familiar. I think it, it's kind of like a, it's one of those like goofy Japanese games. Okay. Um, look, Fire Emblem... It just doesn't do it for me, man. I know it's really? a GameCube and it's like I, it could maybe it's dated, but like I just don't care at all about anything that's going on in the story, which makes oh. it really hard to sit through the same t- 10 seconds of battle music you hear over and over and over again as as enemies constantly run into each other on the battlefield. 
the what the, the my my most glowing thing I can say about it is it is a very easy game to play two missions of and walk away from, and then come you, back and do uh, do it again. You are playing the wrong Fire Emblem, my friend. I mean, I, people say that that's one of the best ones. It's like on, it's on like people's top like three all the time. People people love Ike. They love Ike and his story. And then like, whatever one came out after this for Wii or something it, like continues that story. I think uh, Radiant you should Dawn. try three. I think you should try three houses. Uh, I, I gotta tell you, I just it's not. It's just I have a feeling I'm not going to. If I'm going to play any, it's going to be Awakening. Or um, yeah, Awakening. But yeah, I, I I don't I don't think Joey listens to this podcast uh, or doesn't listen to like uh, games he doesn't. So he's he's not going to be spoiled to this now. But I was going to wait to tell him later because I don't want to break his heart uh into a thousand pieces so quickly but yeah i it's just not it's not doing it for me i'm I'm like five missions in there's like i think there's 30 and i'm like oh god <laughs> there's so many it's just like I, it's just so i mean it is dated like i'm I'm trying not to hold it against it like they've I've, i'm sure they have made some great strides since this game but like a battlefield like there's one where like a defensive mission and it's just like shitloads of enemies show up and you have to survive for six turns. But there's so many enemies and they call they constantly run at your like OP guy that you always have that can't die, basically. And it's just like the same 10 seconds of music every single time and just waiting <laughs> for like who wins. And it's like I thought that when the Game Boy one came out, I was like so thrilled when someone when I got like a lucky uh, someone did like critical damage and just killed someone in one hit. I'm like, this is amazing. I remember that game moving faster maybe i'm it probably does i'm just more impatient but man this game moves slow and i'm just so disinterested in the story but i'm gonna i gotta finish it um because that's that's what we agreed to um and movie wise um i'll just mention a couple rewatch the batman again still awesome uh okay go on yep rewatch hot fuzz amazing uh i uh, rewatched the wind rises today and I watched for the first time Ikiru, which is a Japanese movie for uh, Akira Kurosawa from 1952. It is about a man who finds out he has stomach cancer and is dying and kind of feels like he hasn't been living um, his life to the best um, of his ability. And he's just kind of been like a slave to the bureaucracy of the world and just not led, led a very interesting life. And so he tries to explore ways to to find meaning in his life before he dies. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it's a good movie. Okay, bye.